Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. Welcome to today's episode of Heads or Tails. So glad you could join us. Thanks for being a part of it. Why don't you take a moment to like, share and subscribe to this leadership podcast. You're going to love today's episode with my good friend, head coach, Brian Braddock. Um, He's the head coach of St. Augustine High School. He's an epic leader in our community, has an amazing profile here in our city. And you're going to really enjoy this conversation. We talk about leadership. We talk about family, talk about healthy culture, but also success stories and calling as well. You're going to really enjoy it. Check it out. Well, Coach Braddock, man, it is good to have you in the room on the podcast. Thank you. Um, heads or tails, it is so good to just be chatting with you today. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for taking the day. Love being here. And um, let's kick it off. So, do you like that? That's my first sporting. <laughs> Thank let's, you. Let's let's go for kickoff. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, and then tell me a little bit about because what what I want to talk about today is definitely like your calling, your job. But I I just love the combination of you and your wife. What she does, what you do, the way that you guys roll together is a very special thing. So tell me a little. Tell everyone a little bit about you, what you do. Um, and then just share a little bit about your family as well. Sure. That'd be cool. <clears throat> um, I've been in public education now. This is my 19th year as wow. a teacher and coach. Yeah. And uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to fathom for me even when I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, I'm currently the head football coach at St. Augustine High School, which um, is pretty much in and of itself its own full-time job. And I do have a teaching load. I teach math, uh, which I enjoy a lot. Um, the teaching aspect of my, of my vocation for, uh, since the beginning has always been a really important part of it to me. Um, it's, it's not a, just get through the day to get to football type thing. Right. Um, so I really enjoy that. And then, uh, married to my wonderful wife, Jenna, who is a, um, nutritionist, a, a dietitian, um, certified sports nutritionist. She, she takes that into several avenues mm. and she's a, a rock star, <clears throat> does a lot of media, does a lot of TV, um, is an amazing mom. And then uh, we've got two beautiful little boys that they're not so little anymore. Jackson and Benjamin, they're now 11 and 9. And, uh, you know, we're a, we're a football family um, in every sense in that uh, it's, really, it's really our calling. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of do, do it together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think we could do it any other way. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Jenna, Jenna always has the boys out at practice. They were out on Monday. <clears throat> it's her goal to be out there at least one day a week for practice. She knows the boys personally. Um, you know, little little touches. She's she's heavily involved. She she sits at the game and she records players who do something special to her. Oh, that's and awesome. she makes some cookies over the weekend, and I take no them in on Monday. Way. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she's all in, fully invested. And then her her job can be very demanding too, and that it takes her away. Um, she does contract work with Johnson and Johnson, where she'll have to go out of town. Um, a lot of trips, a lot of, a lot of PR stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're there for each other in a lot of ways. Uh, we've been really fortunate to have great family support to kind of navigate it. Uh, both of us have really demanding schedules. And, mm-hmm. uh, but we're both all in it together. I, uh, you know, she told me before I left the house today, she's like, I'm your biggest fan. And uh, I looked oh, right wow. back at her and I was like, well, I'm yours. That's and, awesome. uh, you know, it's, it's been cool. We, we, we look at everything that we do as we're doing it together. And our boys know no different. So it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's so cool, man. I, I love seeing you guys do your thing and, and you're a dynamic couple, um, which is cool. But I, I can relate because like Jill and I, when it comes to ministry, we do everything together. We've always been a package deal in ministry. Even when she was just worship leading and I was in business, we still saw it as like a combined effort. Um, so, you know, Jenna's job, like tell, tell us a little bit more about that. So she she's on TV a lot. She does a lot of media I see her all the time in the morning shows in Jacksonville, which is so cool. Um, was that something that she sort of set out to do or is that sort of something that you guys have sort of walked it out and it's happened? Sure. Well, one thing, I'll, I'll answer that question directly, but I kind of have to preface it with this. One thing about Jenna that makes her a great counterbalance for me is she thinks very big. Um, and I, that's just not my disposition. And from the beginning, since we first got married, she always had an idea of what she wanted to do as a dietitian, okay. how she wanted to serve people, how she wanted to make an impact, um, how she wanted God to use her in that world. And uh, she, for me, that was, that was kind of foreign. I was like, why don't you just go get a job, be a clinical dietitian, just get a job. Yeah. You know, go do the eight hour day, make your paycheck. Yeah. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that's where I'm led to go, I'll do that. But that's just not been in her heart. So it started out very slowly when we were younger. Um, and married and she she just set out to want to kind of be that person in this region that is looked at as maybe an authority on functional healthy behaviors functional healthy eating awesome. um, and she's really kind of become that and it's really cool so the the media kind of just came along through connections through um, her doing good work okay and uh, <clears throat> now she's got several uh, people that she works with that will utilize her you know obviously they work together whether mm -hmm. it be um, a certain uh, supermarket, a certain um, reputable national brand for a certain type of health food or whatever that might be. Yeah. A lot of produce is involved, a lot of produce companies. So um, she's got a very eclectic job. She's got a very eclectic uh, makeup to what she does, but she loves it. And it's very cool. I, I laugh and I tell people she has a job where she works for who she wants, when she wants, for how much she wants. Awesome. I have a job where I work. I do what I'm told <laughs> for how much I'm told when I'm told. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. A true counterbalance <laughs> occupational situation. I love yes. it. That's so cool. Yeah, I think I, I just love like she set out to do that. That was her heart. And then it was like God brought along the platform, you know, and I think that's a really good lesson for everyone is just like you just do what you're called to do. Go after that. Set your sights on that and just let God take care of the increase. Let God take care of the platform, the followers, the media, whatever it looks like. Um, so that's that's really cool. Thanks for thanks for breaking that down. Um, I want to talk about calling. Have you always felt called to be a football coach? Uh, not particularly. Um, I, I think for a long time I, I had no idea what that would be. Um, when I left town and went to college, it didn't take long, though, to know that my love for <clears throat> uh, competition, sports, um, it did have a humongous impact on me mm -hmm. as a teenager, um, kind of all of that together. Um, with just kind of some of my innate skill sets that I was, that God has given me. Um, you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses and uh, quickly became, once I was on my own, quickly became something I thought I wanted to do. Mm. So, uh, you know, when I came back after college, I didn't even know that I'd want to come back to St. Augustine. Um, it just kind of worked out that way. And uh, I, it was definitely for the best. Um, my high school football coach, Coach Wiles, uh, had a humongous, him, him and, and many men on his staff, had a large impact on me. And in, uh, in every way imaginable, mm -hmm. I remember when I was baptized my junior year of high school, 
uh, looking out and seeing uh, him and then two of the assistant coaches from the staff, one of them my position coach, and he lived in Jacksonville. Like, he didn't attend our church. Wow. But he was there, and I had no idea he was going to be there. Um, you know, just seeing the intentionality of those coaches to, to pour into us, um, and in addition to teaching us how to, the values of hard work and, and all the things, some are cliche, but they're really not, that, that mm -hmm. go with excellence in a competitive realm, mm. um, really just shaped my life. And uh, so not long after I was on my own, I kind of knew I wanted to get involved with that. And the transition to coaching, do you think that those coaches like Coach Wiles and others really had an impact on you? Like when was the point at which it changed from you as someone who was being coached to now – I actually, I'm, I'm called to do this now. Like I'm actually called to, to be the coach whilst at the baptism for someone else, you know, like talk to me about that, that inflect, was it an inflection point or did you just kind of start walking into it and then God reveal it to you? How, how did that play out? You know, I think it gradually happened. Um, when I, when I began, you know, at a, at a young age, uh, I thought I knew a lot, um, you know, and, and as we all know, that, that that's usually when you don't know very much at all. Um, <laughs> yes. So, and, and just, just this guy has taught me so much since, he's taught me about priority, um, what, what maybe I thought were important things for me to portray, important mm -hmm. things for me to pursue early on in my, in my uh, you know, career in education and coaching uh, have obviously shifted very much over those 18, 19 years, and they're still shifting today. Um, so my hope is that that I'm not the same coach uh, two years from now that I am today. Um, so so it's it's hard to pinpoint a particular time, but just being around godly men and I could just name uh, coach after coach after coach that not only I played under but then I worked beneath. Cool. That the way they treated me, um, the way they treated our players, um, the way that they did their job, uh, the way that they took care of their families, the way that they loved their spouse. Uh, really shaped me and um it wasn't it wasn't that long by the time i was about 30 i knew i wanted to be a head coach um, probably knew before that my, my goal was to maybe after about the time i'm 30. Mm. um it's kind of like getting married you're never really or getting married or having children you're probably not ready for it you can do everything you can but yeah. but but yeah. the real deal is different yeah and uh so it kind of led to that and then, then once you're in that situation and all the stresses of that hit you and the realization that you you got to get this going and figure this out um, really make, really takes your dependency. You, you feel very weak. Um, so I would say that that period of time in my early thirties felt very weak. I uh, really had to depend on God, had some really trying years. Uh, our family had some really trying times that coincided with that. Mm. And just those things really shape you. And, and like I said, continually changing through now. So it's been an evolution, not necessarily an inflection point, but, um, it, it is fun to look back and just see how God's changed my heart and my mind and how I look at my job. Yeah. I think what you guys, what you do is such a critical thing. And like it can be said for coaches of any sport or any teams. Like I can think I played rugby at school. Before that, I played rugby league in Australia as a five, six, seven year old. And then I played rugby union like seven through 15. And in between there in the summers, I was a swimmer. And I can just, I can picture and I can remember all the coaches I had. And I know how much of an impact they had on me. They taught me how to, you know, man up. They taught me how to like set goals. You know, they taught me how to like be disciplined. They taught me so many different things. Um, and I can, I can really can draw a direct line between so many of those things and, and just living my life today. Like, like even just achievement, you know, think about that. You just want to achieve something. It's like, well, I learned in sport from my coaches 
in a team environment that you had to work at it and you had to, you know, if you wanted to, if I wanted to swim at the national titles, that meant that, you know, by this point in the year, I had to be swimming these times mm. and the only way to get, you know, so all that back solving, I think, and, and what is the common denominator in all of it is obviously you kept showing up, but you always kept showing up for a coach that was there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just think it's phenomenal what you do and the the impact you have. So 19 years of, of education, how many of that 19 have you been the coach? Or, uh, from the beginning. Okay. All 19. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was, I just wanted to check. Um, so that means you've seen a lot of kids come and go. Yes. <laughs> a whole bunch. Um, you know, like talk to me about that. Like how do you, how do, you do that? Like how do you – because there's got to be some kind of attachment that grows, mm-hmm. you know, towards these kids and they're coming through and, you know, you have your success stories and you have your amazing stories. Like how do you manage like, you know, leading through that knowing that like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a whole new intake. Um, sure. How do you pour into them knowing that that's just around the corner? Yeah, it's it's one of the challenges. It's a it's a constant tension. Um, even now, you know, I try to stay in contact with guys that have moved on. So awesome. and, and not just the guys that have moved on that are doing big things playing college football. Um, you know, a lot of them are doing big things that have nothing to do with football. And right. uh, so there's, there's a constant tension to a focus. You know, last night I was at our feeder middle school's football game. So there's the ones that aren't even here yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then I've got the the present with with the guys I have now the 100 110 kids we have now so it there's a constant tension there um you know in, in the midst of that you're balancing your personal life and your family mm-hmm. um so I, I just think you have to be present in, in what's going on you have to pour everything you can and you have to you have to have confidence and conviction and you have to ask for leading and how you invest that time invest those efforts invest that energy invest you know your resource which is your time and energy um that you have to give um you know, and in addition to the success stories, you know, there's also a lot of disappointment. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't say that in a negative sense. I say that just in an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing when I became a head coach, you know, Jenna, even on her, her blog, she, she periodically touches base on our family mm. and what's going on with football. Yeah. She wrote an entire post about our family's ability to learn to deal with that and navigate wow. that. That's because awesome. anytime, and I'm sure you can identify anytime you're involved with such a large group of people, there are going to be things that just blindside you and set you back. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're not setbacks. We just don't see that at the time, but mm. they can really hurt you deeply because yeah. you care about people. Yeah. And, um, and learning to navigate that and you don't become calloused. You know, that's not, I don't want to ever become calloused, but we definitely as a family have learned to at least understand, anticipate, and then navigate those things better. Um, so that's a big part of it as well. Um, you know, in our world, you know, there are a lot of emotions tied. You're dealing with children they're the most important thing on the planet to their parents mm-hmm. as they should be. Um, I yeah. get that. Um, so there's a lot <clears throat> of strings attached, a lot of connection, a lot of, a lot of emotion and really disappointing things can take place. The lowest to lowest, the highest to highs. Yeah. Um, there's nothing better than having a family that genuinely appreciates what they've seen take place in their son over four years. Yeah. That that's the best. It truly is the best. Those are the things that, that stay with you that last. There's nothing harder when you have, something maybe you've messed up Mm. um, or something where maybe you didn't, but it's just hasn't gone well. And there's a broken relationship or somebody makes a decision that puts them in a bunch of, whatever that might be. So there's just, it's just people work is messy. Relations are messy. Relationships are messy. Mm. So uh, I don't, I don't know if that really answered your question, No, no, it's good. but but our family navigates that together and we've learned how to, how to do it. I think a little bit better. 
Yeah, it's good. And, and that kind of leads me into what I wanted to kind of hit on next was like you're a high-profile coach here in town. Um, you know, like you said, 110 in the program plus all the families around that. It's a lot going on. You're, you got a busy – how do you stay – I want to eventually talk about healthy team culture and how you get there, but that always starts with you and your family and your world. Like how do you manage your own healthy rhythms of rest? You know, talk to me about that. Like just not getting burned out. Um, you know, I'm conscious there might be people watching this or, or catch this at some point. They're just like, you know, I do want to go into sport. I want to, I want to become a, a coach to athletes. So that might be very specific to them, but I just think in any kind of high profile job you could be the ceo of a company you could do what jenna does you know you could do what i do but but i'm interested from your perspective how do you stay healthy and i'm sure you've had in 19 years some some times where you've gone against the line and maybe mm. almost burned out <laughs> you know can you share any wisdom with us absolutely yeah no i've i've, I've been there i've been there where i uh, run myself down been there where i can't sleep um especially early on as a head coach um you know fortunately I, i've got a very uh strong person that's my life partner yeah. Who is not afraid to say, you know, I see, I see this and let's, 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 let me help you. Yeah. Um, which I, which, you know, I so greatly appreciate with Jenna. Um, I've got some other people that are mentors of mine that I can talk to and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And they can give me really good sound godly advice. Um, but yeah, I've, I've ridden that roller coaster. Um, you know, I, I think I'm in a, in a healthier place now than probably I have been as experience teaches you. And mm -hmm. you, you seek wisdom and you, you grow in that. Uh, one thing that helps us is that we do it together. So yep. we're together a lot. That's um, good. Could, couldn't be a, a bipartisan effort. Couldn't be a, a two-part effort. Just, yeah. just wouldn't work. Um, one thing strictly from a performance and from a competitive standpoint that I think I've really tried to absorb and appreciate and really make a part of everything that we do is that oftentimes simple is best. Mm. Simple is best. Simple structures, simple procedures, simple protocols. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why. And, and in a competitive realm, a lot of people won't do simple. They think it's got to be more. Mm -hmm. um, simple is generally more easily fixable. It's usually more efficient. Um, it, it makes things black and white. Mm. Executions laid bare. Mm. Um, so when you see the problem, you know, this is the problem. Let's address it. <clears throat> so as I've learned that from a competitive standpoint, as a coach, as a teacher, um, that's really helped me cut out fluff of time. And, uh, you know, then obviously from a practical sense, familiarity with, with, uh, online documents, familiarity with being <laughs> able to have work done where we're not all in the same places has, has helped over the last few years. Yeah. You know, we've now got a rhythm where uh, Sundays after church is really a quiet time for us. Um, and I know that's the case for a lot of people. It wasn't always the case. Um, used to, I used to be busy all through Sunday. Church was a break. Um, wow. Yeah, and that it just wasn't wise. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, it's not. It's not biblical. Um, from, every, from every avenue, it's not good. Yeah. So we've got that rhythm, and uh, you know, my staff knows if you reach out to me with questions about our upcoming game or whatever it might be on Sunday afternoon, I'm very likely to not reply. Yeah. Um, if I do, it might be the next morning or later, whatever that might be. We've set some boundaries. That's good. Um, set some boundaries with our phones, and uh, so I would say much healthier now than it's been. We're, we're by no means there. Um, would love to get into a rhythm more like like what I've heard you preach about and talk about of a full 24-hour period. Yeah. Um, we're not there, but we've put a lot of effort into it. And, and I think our family is in the healthiest place we've been since I've been a head coach. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, I just think you can't do without that time. It's, it's, it's good to hear you say that even the boundaries thing I think is huge. Um, something that I've been experimenting with lately is 
you know, I talked about it in church, but like a phone free day or like a device free day. Uh, we're starting we we've, we're starting to brand it a little bit with the kids, so we're calling <laughs> it um, uh, screen free Sabbath. Nice. And um, and so so Saturdays is like no screen Sabbath or whatever, and so the kids just know no phones, no TV, whatever. But something that I've been experimenting with, which has been really cool, is I've been figuring out ways that I can leave my phone at home. Mm-hmm. And just go for the whole day or if i'm going to go somewhere i'll tell jill and the only person that that really on those days i I need to communicate with is her Mm -hmm. so as long as i kind of set that up um with her uh just being it's and you know what i found it's the most freeing thing Hmm. there's this initial like tension for the first few hours the first day you do it where you're just like it's like this weird security thing where you just got man what, what if i get a text or what if someone what's what if there's an emergency which is all just like second nature muscle memory stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I found is just like, I'm just like, I found this new freedom, you know, in my spirit. I'm just like, this is incredible. You know, this is the, so, you know, as, as we do, I'm starting to think about taking the pendulum too far out. I'm thinking about getting a burner phone, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> going off all together and, you know, stuff like that. But no, that's but no I, I think you have to, I think, I think there's no way to do what we do in leadership without, some kind of ring fenced time of rest and uh you know replenishment it's it's healthy too to know that the world will still go on without you being attentive to every single need and emergency yeah it's good to know that (laughs) yeah no absolutely all right so so talk to me about the team how do you keep how do you then now that you've kind of worked out your world you know i'd just be interested from an athlete perspective and the guys that you manage and the program you you run how does that kind of find its way into keeping a team healthy? Is there anything you can you can share with us that you do or practices you have? I know you guys do you do do like get-togethers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, sure. You know to create that family atmosphere. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's appropriate that we're talking about this today because this is a big week, um, and I'll, I'll talk about a tradition that we have that we'll we'll be uh, taking care of on Friday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just last week uh, we had an offensive side of the ball uh, dinner on Thursday after practice. We had a defensive side of the ball dinner on Tuesday after practice that some parents had put on. And we do a lot of things outside of football. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy our kids. We've got amazing kids. Um, and, the, and I'd be lying if I said there's not an ebb and flow to that. You know, some groups are easier than others. Mm-hmm. Right now, we've got a group that's remarkably easy and they're so fun to be around. So that's, that's awesome. I, I look at that now as not something I deserve. I look at it as a blessing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we, we do those things. Um, out of season, we do a lot of different volunteer opportunities um, that are just great. It's just so much fun to be around the guys when I'm not demanding something in a football sense mm-hmm. um, because that, that can get tiresome. Uh, yeah. So it's fun to just enjoy them. Um, have them over to – Jenna and I host uh, different pockets of the kids, you know, all the time at our, at our house. And we, so we do a lot of those things. It's, it's a lot of fun. We, we want them to develop a civic-mindedness, um, uh, a sense of – healthy obligation towards their community mm-hmm. um, of understanding you're a part of this and, and, and it's actually going to bless you to get involved with something that's outside of you and contribute to something else. Um, you know, it's tough when you're a 16, 17, 18 year old boy, <clears throat> we've all been there or you and I've been there and uh, it's tough to think outside of yourself. Yeah. And uh, you know, we take very seriously our school community and the impact that our football team can have on our school community um, and all of those things. So, and then aside from that, you know, we're with them 
the entire year. It's not just a football thing. So we have them all in a weightlifting class, myself and another one of our coaches. And truthfully, that's where the culture is probably the most greatly established. Okay. Because uh, we're with them every day. In the classroom. Yeah. 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 So in the, in, the, in the weight room and mm-hmm. and and just procedures and, and why we do things and timeliness and and and, and focus and intense effort and like an intense effort in the right way. Like if we're going to do something, let's do this the right way. Let's yeah. really do it. We're not just here to spend 45 minutes today. Mm. Um, don't do anything that way. It's yeah. not, you know, that's good. So, uh, so we're with them all year and, and I'm really fortunate. Uh, uh, coach Lippo, who is in our weight room, um, he has a gift for standards and things being done the right way. Cause my bandwidth will run out. You know, I'm in the hallways. I'm constantly you know, imploring our young men to uphold our standards of whatever that looks like in our hallways mm-hmm. and the way we're treating people being on time, not, you know, just let's, let's, it's good to be different guys. Let's not hang out to the bell ring. Cause that's what everybody else does. Right. Um, do that in football, do that with the stuff in the community. But when they come in that weight room, I know I can lean on him, which really helps me because it gets exhausting to hold that line, <laughs> but these young men need it. They need yeah. high standards. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, uh, it's, it's everything in general, not one thing in specific. Everything okay. they do matters, and, and we're trying to get that across to them. Um, this week, uh, later on, uh, we always do this before what could potentially be our last game. So we're now in the playoffs, single elimination, so our next game could be our last. Mm-hmm. Um, we do something called burning of the shoes. That's a tradition that Coach Wiles began. Uh, I was a player at St. Augustine High School when he began it, and it's really meaningful. Um, our seniors will we'll, we'll create a fire, we'll burn old cleats, whatever. Yeah. The kids, some, some of them will bring their old cleats and they'll throw them on the fire. It's pretty cool. It's and awesome. each senior will have an opportunity to address his teammates, address his coaches. And uh, it's always, you never know what you're going to get. Some years, awesome. some years it's not emotional. Some years it's, it's quick and to the point. And yeah. You'll have 15, 20 kids go through and you're like, okay. Yeah. Some years it'll be an hour and a half long. There'll be tears. There'll be. Wow. So, so it's, it's always interesting to see just kind of where God takes that and what's on these young men's hearts. So that'll, we'll be doing that Friday since we're playing on Saturday. And uh, I always look forward to that. It's really meaningful. You, you really want to hear from them. They hear so much from us. It's, it's pretty cool. So that's one tradition that's mm-hmm. super meaningful in our program. And, um, you know, so meaningful that my first year I was a head coach, we didn't do it because it, it means something. And my first year as a head coach, I didn't think we were in a place to appreciate it. Oh, wow. Um, but, but we've done it every year since. So, so I'm looking forward to that on Friday. It's amazing. How about um, as a head coach, bringing your faith into the end of the game? How does that look for you, like practically, like conversationally? How does it happen? How do you bring your faith into the team environment? Yeah, well, there, there's, there, there, there is a healthy amount of tension um, working in the public school system and bringing your faith in. You're, mm-hmm. always, you're always mindful of that tension as a believer. Um, and, and I feel like as a believer, I'm learning how to best navigate that tension of operating in an environment that maybe doesn't always operate under the authority of Jesus yeah, and operating in my way uh, under Jesus. And, and when I say in my way, in my classroom with my players mm-hmm. and, and, and they know that, and they know that, that, um, you know, we talk about serving our players hearts before we serve their talents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about their performance, um, because they're not all built the same. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe that's how, how Jesus would want us to lead this football program with how, how God would have us do it to serve them. Um, so I, I am always going to uh, lead in our football program, lead in my classroom with the way that God's called me to lead. Um, so, and, and, I, and, and I don't view my workplace different than anybody else's. You know, everybody probably to some degree senses, it feels that tension because we're, we're operating in a secular world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that doesn't make me any different in, that, in terms of that. Um, 
you know, we have a we have a, a, a lot of prayer. We have a lot of counseling with these young men. That's great. Um, we we have a a mentor who is a de facto chaplain, mm-hmm. who is there again to serve their hearts and to point them to Jesus. Um, I ask for a lot of forgiveness. I can tell you that because in a competitive environment, the main thing, which is serving God and serving others, sometimes falls to third after okay. winning and after getting this kid to do what he's supposed to do because that's what we need him to do. Yeah. Wow. And um, and that's just me being honest. Yeah. And uh, so I ask for a lot of forgiveness. I say sorry a lot. And, that's um, awesome. It's so easy to compartmentalize a young man into what he can do to follow the standards you've said he's going to adhere to mm-hmm. and to be productive for our team to be successful and to lose sight of serving his heart. And um, that's an everyday tension. And, and I think that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Um, I'll never have it perfect. I don't think anybody has it down perfect. Yeah. Um, but our, 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 our kids know that when I come to them with, you know, guys, that, that wasn't the right way to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not serving your heart with the way that I address that. Yeah. They know where that's coming from and they know it's because I serve Jesus first and then, you know, wins and losses need to be much further down that. It's awesome. That order. Do you guys pray before each game? Oh yeah. Before, after <laughs> meals, <laughs> In between. Uh, every practice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a centering thing for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I reference scripture quite often, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm always asking God to bring it to my mind. Um, when appropriate. And there's so much scripture related to humility, <clears throat> related to how we treat one another, related to um, working hard um, and, and doing things the right way. There's so much scripture related to that that it's so easy. And, and it's it's incumbent upon me as a follower of Christ to be continually <clears throat> intaking that scripture so that it is there for me. Yeah. So that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to bring it out through me to yeah. these young men. Because truth is truth and, and God's the author of truth. Yeah. And, um, you know, that has to be the guiding light for how we're interacting with these kids. Yeah. It's that daily bread. Hey, you got to be, you got to be getting it every day to give it. Absolutely. It's so good. All right, man. I need to know, and you don't have to name names, but you got to talk to me about some success stories. Sure. Like, what's the, like, like what, what have you seen happen? Like, you know, again, you don't have to name names, <laughs> sure. but, but like, tell me some success stories you've had as a coach that fire you up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say when, when I was starting out as a head coach, um, taking over a program that had not had any success, and honestly, it had a lot of difficulty and heartbreak, mm-hmm. in a, in a, you know, up in the Mandarin area, that's a really proud community. Um, they really support that public school. It's their school. It's Mandarin High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing that community and those young men have a genuine appreciation for things that maybe I just thought were normal working under Coach Wiles. And uh, that was just really fulfilling from the sense of like, man, this is really impacting these people. Like they really appreciate it. They really have gratitude. And the kids were so receptive to everything that we were about um, and, and everything from, from my, my um, biblical worldview, from my, my, my position as first a servant of Jesus, but then a servant of you guys as, as the person that's in authority over you. Mm-hmm. And just seeing those kids change, I keep in touch with a lot of those kids. And it's been, you know, that was 2013, 14, 15, still communicate with them. Wow. So that whole experience was a, was a high, which had some really lows. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. I felt very weak many times during that experience. And, uh, but that whole experience was a high and was really amazing. And then, you know, back at St. Augustine, <clears throat> we've had so many individual success stories of young men who come from situations where the odds are really stacked against them. Yeah. 
and they see an avenue to develop life skills, um, to maybe open some doors to some opportunities, and they're able to change the trajectory of their family's line. Wow. And that's so fulfilling. Um, and, and we've had that happen multiple times. You know, we have a success story right now on our team <clears throat> of a young man that my wife and I had really tried to take on our wing and pour a lot into who had, uh, he left our program, made a decision to go to a different place, go to a different school. Mm. And that hurts. That's very hard. Yeah. Um, when, when, you know, when those things happen, but they're still hard. And uh, he's actually now back with us as a senior and is, is, has had some rock bottom moments. Mm-hmm. but he's a completely different person. Wow. And, um, you know, and he's, he's vocalized to me his appreciation for the adults in our program, for what they mean to him, for how we've treated him and, and what we've tried to pour into him. And so those are the things that really just, those are the things that mean the most. Yeah. You know, we have, we have a coach on our staff who he played at the highest level, played in the NFL, played at the University of Florida. He's been an All-American. He won two national championships. And I never hear him talk about those games. Yeah. It's not what he talks about. Yeah. He talks about when he was in high school at St. Louis High School, mm-hmm. the, the relationships he has. He talks about the relationships he has from the guys <clears throat> he played with at Florida. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk about games. Yeah. So, so those impactful relationships are the things that are the highs. And, and we've had our, our fair share of positive ones and success stories that really keep you going. That's awesome. I love that you almost immediately went to success off the field because I think that's just that's such a big part of what you do. Um, people can look at statistics, people look at like, oh, well, you know, I had this, this many athletes go to this level after they left me. But, you know, I think true leadership is the measure, the rounded measure of like, no, these lives changed, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just, that's, that's amazing. And so, man, I'm so grateful for you and your whole family. Um, I'm so grateful that we have you in that seat coaching our football team here and um doing such an amazing job and thank you for your presence thank you for your uh, your commitment i know you love this community you're born and raised here just like my wife was and just grateful that that people like you are out there doing what you do because um yeah i mean that tension is real you know sometimes we don't feel it necessarily inside the four walls of the church because this is the church but um, I've definitely felt it working outside of outside of church and uh, you know in the Wall Street world and stuff like that. But it just you know always fires me up when I talk to believers that are doing something significant out in the world, like you say, holding the line. That's right. You know, like being a believer is not not always an easy thing, especially when you're in a public situation like you are. So thank you for everything you do. And well, we we're we're super grateful and we feel honored to be in that role. Uh, my whole family. Super grateful for you and, and Joe. We love you guys. Super grateful for this church and how that pours into us and enables us to go out into the to our worlds and and you know ask God to give us what we need to work through us and, and do what He's called us to do. Awesome. We love you guys. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And um, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Well, thanks for listening today. We pray that this episode encourages you and helps you in your own leadership journey. We'd love for you to subscribe and why don't you leave us a review. Until next time, much love. Want more leadership content? Check out the Colonial YouTube channel for past messages, teachings, conversations and more. Head to the description of this episode for the link and please consider subscribing and share this with a friend.